1: I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we.
0: And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers.
1: Okay, what are we drinking today?
0: Well, it's Friday.
1: It is Friday. Thank God it's
0: Friday. Uh, We're having a whiskey boulevardier. And, whiskey boulevardier. And it's one and a half ounces of whiskey with use black label Johnny Walker. Three quarters of an ounce of sweet vermouth, and three quarters of an ounce of Aperol. And oh, wow. You serve it with two Luxor cherries or orange peel garnish. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And what does the Aperol taste like again? That's like kind of a bitter, bitter orange. But orange. Okay. Yeah. It's not as bitter as Campari. Yeah. Which is much stronger, mm. but it's the same flavor profile.
1: Well, I love that they're cherries. They're yes, my favorite. I know, always. Big ice ball. Yeah. It's very aromatically whiskey. Mm-hmm. That's quite lovely. Yeah. Really smooth, yeah. It's almost um, smoky, A little smoky. A little sm- I imagine if you used a smoky whiskey, you'd get more of that. Mm-hmm. But it's a pretty simple drink. Mm-hmm. It's quite a bit of syrup in it. It seems. Yeah, you'd think
0: there's simple syrup, but I think the, the Aperol is sweet mm. orange, and the sweet vermouth is actually sweet. So has a bit of
1: a medicinal
0: aftertaste.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that might be. It could be the. It could be the vermouth, but. Huh? You know. Anyway, big boy kind of drink.
1: A sipper for sure. Yeah. Good. Oh, we'll see how we go as Friday night goes on. Yes.
0: <laughs> Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder app.
1: Chapter six. Chapter six. Kate gets a crush.
0: Yeah, she's still reactive. Very. Because of Sylvie's Treatment hold of her. on her yeah, yeah, yeah. for that many years. Yeah, That's understandable. Sure. Um, but she's definitely, you can see her leaning into Elodie much more. And by the end of this chapter, she's like having to take a cold shower. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Literally.
0: Literally. Yeah. <laughs> what I thought was fascinating, and again, I give props to the author It's so great because she talks about the way the room is set up and the uh, specifics of the room, the tables, the way things are laid out. And it just gives you an imagery of you being there. But the foreshadowing that she gave us, if you caught it Mm. at the very beginning... That Kay notices the dormer windows on the top, yeah, and notices that there's probably a second or third floor. That was foreshadowing. Sure. That's definitely where Elodie's place is. Yeah, and so we just got some foreshadowing. That I think was exciting to hear. Mm. You know,
1: so the scene for the chapter occurs in the barn. Yes, and they enter they went the there barn. to go get some eats. Yeah, they entered the barn after she had a little tutorial on how to pick grapes, uh-huh. and. In the barn, Elodie feeds her some snacks and gives her some grape juice from the Mm -hmm. grapes that they, not that they picked, but similar grapes that were picked earlier in the day and crushed. And that's kind of the context. But, you know, they're close to each other physically and they They keep each other's arms. (laughs) You know, they're really taking each other in. And this chapter emphasizes the way Kate is taking Elodie in.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. I did yeah. notice that the the earlier chapter was all about Elodie's K K reaction yeah. to Kay, mm-hmm. and now you really get Kay's perspective. And I I love how Emma goes back and forth between the characters, even though the book is called Elodie, right? right. But you're in that character's <laughs> mindset yeah. and how they perceive the room or how they pick up on things and that kind of stuff. And it's just it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. And I think what's happening is, you know, these women are getting related to each other. They're supporting, There's chemistry. There's chemistry. that They're supporting each other's mm-hmm. curiosity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's still, the context is still that Kay is a tourist and Elodie's vineyard that's been in the family for five generations. Five
0: generations. Which
1: I was thinking about when we read that because... You know, that's something that's true in Europe, that some of these vineyards go back generations. Or homes, even people that
0: pass homes down.
1: But true for the vineyards, where you can literally find bottles from five generations ago in the cellars, right? Pretty impressive. Nevertheless, the context is still like a hotelier and a guest, Mm -hmm. but the chemistry between them is real. Like you can really sense that Mm -hmm. there's something there. And... Elodie is having to manage expectations because she's dealing with, Kay has expectations of a touristic adventure. Mm -hmm. And Kay, of course, is thinking, I don't want to get into a fling. I don't want to get into a fling. I don't want to get into a fling. You know, she's she's like,
0: she's she's feeling the heat. She's standing in front of herself the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Well,
1: she's feeling the heat between her and Elodie, but she's also dealing with just having come off of this long, difficult relationship and divorce And she's really wanting to have a cleansing. And all of a sudden, he has this beautiful creature in front of her, available and interested. And so she's like in the cold shower space.
0: Well, and on a side note, as a sommelier, I was definitely listening to all the things grapes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's fascinating for me. And what I was interested in... Was they were looking at across the way at the hillside for the Appalachian grapes, the, the vintage grapes, basically. Yeah. And then they were talking about when they replace the vines, like how they determine that, obviously, on the production of the vines, because yeah. vines start producing less over time. Sure. And we're talking decades of time not just years but she said oh and then we go and replace vines basically there was something said about 30 to 40 years we have a kind of a schedule i thought wow you know when you're in a vineyard you know you are it's hurry up and wait you know there's a lot to do i don't mean they're just sitting and waiting because people often think with vineyards or farms or christmas tree growers that they just sit there and watch them but there's a ton of work to do Right. But you think about it, they're, you know, when you talk about micro scheduling or macro scheduling, they're scheduling on decade periods Amazing. of time. Yeah. I mean, they have their micro schedule for the picking sure. each year, but then they have this bigger picture. They have to have this huge, bigger picture that often expands beyond their own lifetime right. into the next whoever inherits the property next, mm. into their lifetime. And if we look at Elodie, her mom, we were led on that the father left when she was very young. Right. And it must have been in the wife's lineage, this vineyard, right? Right. So when her mother died, it was passed on to Elodie. And Elodie has no heirs right now. Right. And she's an only child. That was made clear too. Right. So then it's
1: like this whole thing of like five generations and and oh, we're at this pinnacle moment, you know? It's amazing. I had the opportunity when I was in France in the area of Corcassonne to go to a vineyard. That coincidentally was owned by the cousin of a friend of mine.
0: Oh, fascinating. Yeah,
1: so I got to spend time in this exact context, visiting the vineyard and Mm. seeing the pressing and all of that Mm. stuff, you know. And they have, just to give you a a sense of it, they have a big woodcut wall map about the size of your living room wall Mm -hmm. of the vineyard with all the different fields identified and painted different colors. And they all represent different grapes and different picking schedules and you know, they produce, you know, 10,000 bottles or whatever.
0: Right. And, or I, and, and, so. and there's a lot of those larger vineyards yeah. in France. And then there's a whole bunch of what they call the layman family vineyards that were passed sure. down to families. Yeah. Based on whether they were, I don't know what it was called in France, but crop sharing mm. on a, I'll just say it, a master's property. And because of their service, they were given so many rows. And so then you'll see these. Wines come out, and, and I don't. I apologize because I'm not into French wine as right. much. Even if I'm a Somali, I'm still not into French wine because I just really am focused on where we're at. Right. However, they have wine that comes together in a region, like an area, right. and then they'll have little constellation subnames mm. that are actually considered the rows that the wine came oh, wow. from. So, if so many bottles were made from that. Part, mm. Even though the overarching uh, name of the wine is one, and you think, oh, it's... it's
1: From a, X Vineyard.
0: X Vineyard. They're all from X Vineyard. But no, they're from different parts of the mountain or right. on, this, on the side of the mountain. Right. And they're labeled by these families that just come in. They pick up for like 10, 12 generations have been wow. picking there. They've just been there, and that's their lines, and that's what they produce. Wow. And then they often have a common area to go then because they only have so many rows to go bring their grapes and have it produced by a mass, you know, and that happens in America too. There's a lot of vineyards that don't have their own pressing Mm. and they go to a larger scale pressing area and schedule time to have their wine pressed. Yeah. It's interesting. It's fascinating. It's fascinating.
1: Well, I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. You know, now we're getting relatedness between these two characters. I love it. With a lot of like new relationship energy in it. I foresee
0: stomping and sex in the...
1: (laughs) Sex in the grapes?
0: (laughs) Probably not, but yeah. Sex in the grapes. (laughs) That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time. Cheers!